I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics, where we're dedicated to keeping the rationalist community informed about things going on outside of the rationalist community. Oh, hey, did we have our tagline change? I'm trying it out. That's pretty good. Uh, As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash Brodsky. And David is late today, and we told him that he's a dick and we're not waiting for him. Right. So he'll be with us eventually. We have waited for many people many times before, and we're just not putting up with it anymore. Right? I mean, if you want me to wait for you, you got to tell me before it's actually time to go, and I'm sitting at my computer ready to push record. Exactly. I believe I've only been late one time, right? I can't, That can't possibly be true. Mm, maybe twice. All right. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, we've got some feedback. Um, there's a couple. Uh, so there's a couple that David got from uh, Will Eden, who we talked about last episode, and we'll we'll let him do those when he gets here. Um, but there's some kind of Eniash was wrong here about Brazil not having a January sixth. Yes, absolutely. Uh, well, I could do the uh, the first Will Eden one as well because that was also Eniash being wrong. So we can hit both Eniash being wrong before David can get here. All right. All right, cool. So apparently the first Inyash was wrong was that uh, I was wrong when I said that the protein created by the LLM was checked by another LLM. I um, That is what I claimed. That is wrong. It was apparently checked by a specialized protein structure prediction software called AlphaGo. I have known about AlphaGo for a long time. Um, or not AlphaGo, sorry. AlphaFold. Uh, it is the same software that's behind AlphaGo, AlphaStar, etc. But it is not actually exactly those things, which is why it's called AlphaFold. Uh, that would make yeah. sense. <laughs> AlphaFold's been along for a while. Did we did we report on it when it first came out? I think we did. Okay. Sounds familiar to me. So I have no excuse for having gotten that wrong. Um, I, I just wasn't paying a lot of attention, and I guess in my brain all the various awesome, powerful AIs that are coming out now got blurred together as all LLMs. But no, right. AlphaFold is specifically about folding, not about large language modeling. But the point is it was checked by another AI. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So they right. could have been in cahoots, though. And what's the other thing that you were wrong about? <laughs> the other thing that I was wrong about is uh, Brazil having a January 6th. There was no January 6th in Brazil. Um, this is actually a rather interesting thing that happened. Uh, if you will recall, when we were covering that just last episode, I said it's really weird that they're calling this a riot and not a coup when it's literally the exact same thing that happened on our January 6th, and it was called a coup by all those same news outlets, so what the heck is going on here? And I really, really, really should have noticed that I was confused and dug into that confusion, because uh, let this be an object lesson to everybody as to uh, what not to do when you're confused, which is just skim past it and not pay much attention. Uh, it was not a coup attempt because at the time the brazilian congress was empty they were not actually threatening anybody they were just having a riot uh this was brought to my attention by tail called on our discord who says that uh, i only found out because i was doing a hypothetical reading of okay imagine if this article is pushing a narrative and any facts not mentioned are inconvenient to the narrative what facts might be missing then and yeah the capitol building was empty might be one of those missing facts uh this Ties in, I'm assuming uh, Tail Called had also read the thing that I have recently read called How to Bounded Distrust by Zvi. Uh, long time we're fans of him, I guess. I, I want to say fan of the podcast, but that's not true. He, he, I don't know if he listens to us. We're fans of him. <laughs> he has a great post about how to boundedly distrust the media, which I'm actually planning to do a Basin Conspiracy episode on very soon here, uh, where he points out that odd word choices 
odd word choices are not coincidences. The standard word choice could not be used. The lack of direct statements can be very strong evidence. So, yeah, I, I really should have noticed that, and shame on me. All right. Um. All right. I'm somewhat skeptical about which part. Uh. uh that this. Who? So. So it's obviously not going to be the exact same thing as January sixth. I mean, uh, not when there's no Cong- Congress people to threaten. No. Yeah, they weren't trying to um to like take Congress people hostage. Right. So I guess and, that is yeah a major difference. And that was not mentioned anywhere in the news article. All they kept saying was that like these people stormed the Capitol building and were rioting and shit. All right. That's fair. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'll accept it. Okay. I'm glad it is past the West filter. All right. Now we've got it. David was wrong, but like I said, we'll let him uh, handle that when he gets here. Hmm. Uh, we got some follow-ups to previous stories. Uh, first one uh, being Alec Baldwin. Uh, if you'll recall, a uh, dude was shot and killed on the set of a movie called Rust that he was filming because a prop gun was loaded um, and he didn't realize. Um, he's now been charged with two counts of manslaughter. All right. Um, and I, I heard one of my, one of my legal, uh, uh, analysts that I listened to, um, talked about this and it sounds like Alec Baldwin really gave him no choice because he's a moron. Hmm. Uh, and what he said, he, he had this, he, he went out and talked to the media about it. And what he said was that he never pulled the trigger. Uh, and he would never pull the trigger in that situation because he knows better. And if he pulled the trigger, that would be a severe breach of duty. Uh, to, to behave safely. Uh-huh. Um, we didn't put it in exactly those terms, but basically that's what he said. Yeah. Which is such a dumb thing to say because obviously he pulled the trigger. <laughs> what, what do you think? The gun just fired? So it w- the, they therefore had proof that uh, it was reckless or negligent or whatever to pull the trigger and that he had pulled the trigger, so they had to charge him. Yeah, so this is, this is how you prove his state of mind because he went out and said, oh, I know better than to pull the trigger. I know not to do that. That's taking mm. an unjustifiable risk. And you're like, well, <laughs> case closed then. <laughs> All righty. You're like, what's the standard? Because one of the things you have to prove is the standard of care. Yeah. Um, and that w- that's like the question in this case, because there's no question that uh, Alec Baldwin was holding the gun, pointed it at the guy, and it went off. I guess there's a factual question about whether he pulled the trigger, but not a serious one. Right. So the real question is, like, what did he – like, what was the standard of care there? What should What should and shouldn't he have done? And he's the one out there saying, like, oh, yeah, well, if I pulled the trigger, I'm definitely guilty. <laughs> I believe, if I remember <laughs> from our episode, uh, David said that he was a fucking moron and everything was going wrong and he deserves to be charged. Uh, I think David did say that, so I'm glad That's... he's not here to gloat about it. Yeah. we can. He can show up in time for us to tell him how wrong he is, and uh, he doesn't get to hear about how right he is. Exactly. Unless he listens to the part of the podcast that he wasn't part of. Bet said he'll do that? I don't know. I think it's unlikely, and therefore he'll never know about how right he was. <laughs> Listeners, don't tell him. David was right, but don't tell him. <laughs> exactly. Um, and apparently, so, and apparently also the, uh, like the, one of the prop guys is testifying against him because mm. he, he did a plea deal. Okay. Uh, That's, uh, I imagine he's going to say, yeah, Baldwin. yeah, uh, he definitely pulled the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's hard to prove that he pulled the trigger though. Like it's hard to see someone pulling a trigger. They're pretty smaller. Yeah. I mean, he's on camera. Those are, they're, they're, they're pretty nice HD cameras they use. Mm, That's true. Um, but also, you can just get experts to come in and be like, there's no way this gun could have gone off without somebody pulling the trigger. See, I believe you, but also, juries can be remarkably hoodwinked. Well, you'd have to get another expert to come in and say, like, oh, yeah, it's totally possible that the gun went off. Um, and, you know, can you find a qualified expert to say that? 
I'm going to go with yes. Maybe. It's not always that easy to find uh, experts who are going to bullshit. Hmm. Okay. Um, it is when there are like whole industries around it. Like hmm. if someone serves as an expert witness all the time in car accident cases or something, and they sort of always testify the same way. There's definitely those guys. Oh, but I don't okay. think there's a guy you call when a gun goes off and you need to, to someone to come testify that the, the trigger wasn't pulled. Like I don't think and, that's that gets tried very often. And trying to directly bribe someone is beyond the pale of what most lawyers would do. Correct. All righty. Glad to hear that, at least. Um, well, I guess the kind of lawyers I expect that Alan, Alec Baldwin would hire. Trump's okay. lawyers, they'll probably bribe people. Yeah, all righty. Saul Goodman, definitely bribing people. Yeah. Um, all right. And the next, the other follow-up is, uh, so remember how the Supreme Court leaked the, the Dobbs decision? Before, I do remember that. Months before it was actually announced. Yeah, that was And they, game. like, vowed to get to the bottom of it. Oh, have we gotten to the bottom of it at last? Well, the investigation is complete. The report has been issued. Excellent. Uh, and they have no idea. Mm. They did not do a good job. They did not do a good job. The bottom has not been reached. Specifically, they did not do a good job because they ignored the biggest suspects. They apparently interviewed 97 different employees and didn't bother interviewing the actual Supreme Court justices. Do you think those are the biggest suspects? Yes. Okay. I mean, especially since there was that story about Alito, like, blabbing about his decision ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know if they're the biggest suspects, but they're definitely suspects. Yeah. It's not, it's like, what are you even doing if you're trying to find out who did it and being like, oh, but it couldn't have been them. Uh, they are <laughs> They're deferring... far too dignified. Exactly. <laughs> they're deferring to the respectability of the Supreme Court. Exactly. Which is always dumb to do. Yes. Uh, so, and especially, like, if you can't find any reason to suspect anyone else. Yeah. Like, definitely look at those guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, so disappointing. Well, I, um... Yeah, I guess we'll just never know. Yeah, right? It was Ginny Thomas. It was probably Ginny Thomas. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, come on now. We all know. No. Um, sadly, we don't know. It was probably the janitor. Yeah, but I'm okay. <laughs> like, who knows? It could be anybody. I don't think the janitor had access to those uh, those sorts of documents. I no, found in a trash can. <laughs> Kind of uh, goes right into our first story here, doesn't it? Right? Sometimes people leave documents laying around. Uh, which oh. brings us to the new news. Excellent. And our first new news story is that more classified documents have been found lying around. This time in Mike Pence's house. All right. I After these past several weeks, I have had to update my idea of how many doc classified documents are just sitting loosely at various officials' houses to probably all of them. Right. I, I doubt there's a single high-level government official that doesn't have some sort of classified thing in their house right now. Definitely not someone from the White House. No. Bet that Jimmy Carter's peanut farm is full of them. His what farm? His peanut farm. He has a peanut farm? Yeah. He's like a He's famously a peanut farmer. Not famous enough. Yeah, everybody except you knows that. <laughs> All right, we should take a poll and find out if everybody except me knows that. All right. I'm going to put it on Twitter right now, actually. All right, do it. I doubt I will have uh, replies by the end of this episode because I only have like a dozen followers. Yeah, I have that same problem on Twitter. <laughs> I never use it. So anytime I tweet anything, nobody nobody reads it. Yeah. Nobody follows me because why would you? I right. never tweet anything. I don't have anything interesting to say. All right, you know what? Maybe I'll put this. Uh, I have lots tweet of interesting things Discord. to say. But yeah, I say them on Discord. 
Yeah, and then maybe our Discord people will help us out by actually voting. Yeah, maybe. All right. Um, so, yeah, classified documents at Mike Pence's house, uh, which is just this whole thing's turning into a farce. Like, I got caught up in it when it was Trump, mm. and they were like, oh, man, he has classified documents. It's a crime. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, obviously, everyone does it, and well, they should probably all be charged with crime, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, but that's never going to happen. Right? Because they're above the law. So, you know, I guess we'll just move on. Because certain people are just too important to be charged with crimes. If enough of them all break the same crime, then it's not a crime for, you know, those people anymore. Yeah. But God forbid any of us do it. Oh, well, we're not important. <clears throat> exactly. Look, Eniash, some people are just above the law. And that's that's right and good. That is how everything keeps functioning. They're, they're blessed by God <laughs> to be above our petty concerns, like criminal activity. By God or possibly Superman, depending on their beliefs. Right? I mean, that's... Haven't you read the uh, the the Department of Justice memo that says you can't charge a president with a crime? I did not read it, but I heard of it. Yeah, I didn't read it either. Why would I read that? <laughs> right. But uh, I'm guessing that's what it says. Yeah. I said, look, they have a divine right of kings, and uh, to charge them with a crime would be sacrilege. If you wanted to be immune to crimes, maybe you should have been president. Yeah, right? Uh, that's what Donald Trump wanted, so he became president. It worked. Yeah. He's a smart guy. A uh, very stable genius. In a <laughs> very stable genius. Hey! hey! David is here! Yes. Uh, so we're gonna back up and go to the David was wrong. David, why are you wrong this episode? Uh, so did you talk about that Inyash was wrong, uh, courtesy of Will Eden? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, well, in addition to that, he wanted to, uh, me to let everyone know that he sexually identifies as, quote, one of the OG rationalists from before the less wrong era, not Grey Tribe. What a fucking snowflake. I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> Will Eden is wrong, which we are covering for the first time on this podcast, breaking news. Uh, if you are an OG rationalist, you are part of the Grey Tribe, and saying otherwise is just weird. Um, he's from the part of... Twitter where Grey Tribe has a very specific connotation. Ooh, what is the connotation? A uh, rationalist who likes Taleb to a first approximation. Can you define Leb? Taleb. Taleb. Nassim Taleb, the guy who wrote The Black Swan. What? That is such a very strange... I mean, no, no. Scott Alexander coined the term and no. it didn't have see? anything to do with You see, Taleb. this is why Eniash and I don't tweet. Because it rots your brain. Hey, Will, get get over yourself, all right? Stop, stop being like, oh, that's not the right label for me. It's very important that I'm labeled. Blah, 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 blah. You know what? Congratulations, you're Blue Tribe. <laughs> I mean, he could technically, I guess, be not Grey Tribe if he is, you know, super commie or super Republican or yeah, something. Yeah, because he's a fucking not- Blue Tribe snowflake who cares about his identity more than accurately conveying information. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> now, now I want to interview him and find out. <laughs> I'm sorry, Will. I'm sure you're a great guy. We will decide for you what you can identify as. Thank you very much. He is actually really cool, so I am am in favor of interviewing him if he wants to come on. I have no idea what we'd talk about. I'm sure we could find something, though. I mean, we could talk about the definition of tribiness. (laughs) Okay, cool. Uh, Look for that in a future bonus episode. Anyway, we were talking about uh, stuff that doesn't matter, which was found in Mike Pence's house, huh? Uh, yeah, but we were just about done with that. Okay.
Um, and we're just laughing at all the classified information everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's almost like we classify way too much stuff, so whenever anything what? is fo- found, it's probably going to be classified. No! This is cl- they, they only classify stuff that's vital to national security. Everyone knows that. I'm glad you believe that, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> Why would the government ever classify anything that wasn't vital to national security? Right? What possible motive could they have? They're good and honorable people. All right. Anyway, moving on. Next story. Eniash. What's going on in China? Well, there's a lot of things going on in China, but most notably, recently, they basically turned off all their – turned off uh, – rescinded all their COVID uh, protection measures, which basically – I like turned off. <laughs> they flipped the switch. Right. They're like, all right, no more COVID lockdowns. Yeah. We, we we were good without COVID, and now we want COVID, so we're just going to turn on the COVID-producing clouds. They're, uh, they're right next to the 5G mind control buttons. They actually work in conjunction. The, oh, oh, right, 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 right. You know, I we need to get Bill Gates on the podcast. We can interview him about that and get our story straight. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Bill Gates next week. But uh, China has eased travel restrictions, is allowing people to wander around and have freedom and go back to work and basically not be completely locked down almost all the time, uh, which was just making them have horrendous life. Uh, And since then, uh, since early December, so mm, less than two months, uh, according to sources, eight in 10 people in China have caught COVID, which is, that's that's huge. That's crazy. That's I, I couldn't believe any sort of disease would have that kind of virality. But I guess when you have a completely naive uh, population and you got fucking Omicron going around, then uh, you can do that. Aren't we beyond Omicron now? Oh, is there a third newest one? I feel like there's like three more. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This This article in our show notes says the death toll in China... Since zero COVID has been lifted, is seventy two thousand. Mm-hmm. Eight in ten people in China is more than a billion cases. Yes. Yes. The uh, the subtitle says some experts estimate one million deaths. Yeah. the The death count is that's a that's a a crazy range. <laughs> Welcome to China. That the that's like saying that's like saying I found a worm that was between a nanometer and a meter long. Oh, no. Nobody's saying it's between 72,000 and a million. It's China's saying 72,000, and people actually looking at the data are saying probably around a million. Okay. Yes, that makes sense. Which, so, obviously, uh, China is the correct one because they are truthful and never lie. Of not course. once have they lied. Um, but also, this 80% number comes from Chinese officials, so who the fuck knows? Yes. All of those things. All, uh, all we really know is that China thinks it's in its best interest to uh, have people think that 80% of people have been infected. Which I guess would make them think that they all have immunity now and things are okay, so... I don't know. I, <sighs> why, why I have no idea what China wants that idea? or why they do what they do. Okay. Um, I just know that, that it's they think it's in their best interest somehow. Yeah. I don't trust the one million number either, though. Because that is using the old metrics, first of all, using the lethality of uh, not Omicron, the earlier ones, and also going by the whole uh, anyone who died while they had COVID died of COVID uh, method. So it's probably far less than a million, definitely far more than 72,000. I have no idea where the actual real number would be, and probably no one ever will know that. All right, so it's Eniash saying it's somewhere between 72,000 and a million. Yes. All right. Well, glad Um, we cleared that up. 
Well, is, is there another thing in the world that's really confusing and no one can quite decide on uh, what's happening? There is, now that you mention it, and it's coming in Iran. Um, David, tell us about Iran. Okay, I'm not sure what was behind that preamble because uh, the confusing, the quote-unquote confusing thing that happened that no one knows who who's behind it is a bunch of Iranian drone plants blew up. And the reason why I say that's a uh, confusing preamble is because Israel has basically come out and said, yeah, we did it. Oh, um, I, did th- I have not been reading the news since early this morning, so uh, if they took credit, I missed that, and I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, this is Wall Street Journal, and therefore paywalled. Um... Note to listeners, don't download the Bypass Paywalls extension, it's bad. <laughs> Hmm. Yes, or failing that, uh, looking up articles on archive.org. Also bad. Yep, don't. Just pay the money, people. They deserve it. Uh, yeah, looks like Israel did contain, or did claim credit. All right. Well, ignore my preamble. Wes, let's remove that preamble in post. <laughs> definitely. We'll definitely do that. Awesome. Note to listeners, uh, ignore the everything that came before this. <laughs> Every single second. Really, you should just start the <laughs> podcast right here. Yeah, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> um, all right, so is there a war? I mean, this is like a this is like an act of war, not, right? Not yet. It it <laughs> sure seems like an act of war. All right. Uh, well, Israel's cool. been sabotaging Iran for many decades, and you know they haven't gone back to war since that one time. Yeah, yeah but they, have they been blowing stuff up? I mean, yeah. there was the the centrifuges. Did they blow up the centrifuges? I mean, they didn't blow them up, but they broke them very comprehensively. Are we talking about Stuxnet? Yeah, we're talking about Stuxnet. I think Stuxnet, uh, Stuxnet was the U.S., wasn't it? Um, I can't remember. I don't know. For what it's worth, Israel does also blow things up without the U.S.'s help and assassinate um, nuclear... Nuclear? I don't know. Stupid word. Uh, nuclear. Scientists that work for Iran. Um, yeah, so I remember this back when um, when the Ukraine, Ukraine thing first happened, mm. is I really have no idea what, like, is considered uh, an act of war and not an act of war in international relations, and apparently there's pretty clear rules about this sort of thing. Um, you know, a lot of it depends on whether one country thinks it can take the other country. If you're going to lose a war, then it probably wasn't an act of war. There's more leeway. Apparently not, though. Like, that's part of it. But apparently there's, like... Just norms and in international diplomacy that's like, yeah, if you do this, it's not an active war. Um, like us giving, you know, weapons and tanks and shit to Ukraine. Uh, yeah. Somehow that's not declaring war on Russia. But if we, like, uh, fly a plane over or, and shoot down a Russian plane, that's, that's, then we're at war. Is it because the drones were unmanned and they destroyed, you know, property rather than killing people? I don't know. Maybe there is no norm about drones, so nobody knows yet. Yeah. Because a big part of it is, yeah, manned vehicles. Well, uh, I hope there's no war. War's uh, always bad. Looks like there isn't one yet, yeah. so going going well so far. Yeah. All right, any more comments about uh, drone strikes in Iran? No, um, hope this doesn't become a war sounds like about the long and short of it. All right. Uh, well, speaking of Ukraine, we're apparently sending them uh, better stuff. Yeah. Yes, a whole lot of it. Uh, the Germans who create the Leopard 2 were holding, holding out for quite a while. Leopard 2 is a main battle tank, a, a much more modern one. Uh, also, importantly, it is easier to to work, uh, drive, I don't know what the term is. Maintain. 
to well to maintain and to, to operate. use operate. Thank Ma- you. That's maintain the word. is the important one though. Okay, and it runs on diesel fuel rather than jet fuel. Uh, I bring these up because the a the Abrams was going to the U.S. Uh, created Abrams was considered the other option for um, what we send to Israel, and that one is much harder Ukraine. to maintain. <laughs> Ukraine, thank you. Much harder to maintain. I got I got a cold, man. My brain's not <laughs> quite firing. Uh, much harder to maintain and operate, and runs on jet fuel, which is harder to get. Uh, so okay, so the, so its hmm? ideal fuel is jet fuel, but. I'm given to understand that it can drink anything that burns. Really? Yeah. That's a cool innovation. Yes. Now it runs on vodka. <laughs> right? Uh, vodka uh, generally doesn't burn. Well, yeah, Ethanol, get however, vodka. does. Mm, maybe if you yeah. uh, refine I, the vodka a bit. I don't know, I don't know whether it passes the, uh, the true test for whether it'll run on anything that burns, uh, which is whether it runs on used deep-frying oil. But, uh, yeah, I have heard that if you put gasoline or diesel into an Abrams, it won't run well, but it will run. Huh. I'm... Well, uh, running well, that's ideal, I think. Yeah, running is. well is definitely better if you can do it. Would it shorten the length of the Abrams is, I think, a major consideration. Uh, the length of it? No. The service life, maybe. <laughs> the... <laughs> Yeah, the the life length. I'm sorry again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what's going on in Ukraine? I, I haven't heard any updates lately. Um, There's still it, a lot of fighting going on. Yeah, so it, it so who's winning? The, so basically, the Ukrainians were waiting for a hard freeze so that they could start doing maneuver war again, and mm. they had an unseasonably warm winter, which was great for all the Ukrainians who were worried about freezing to death in their homes because Russia blew up all their power infrastructure. But and the not, Europeans worried about not having enough gas. True. Uh, not so great for the uh, Ukrainian military who were hoping to be able to engage in maneuver warfare because the alternative is a war of attrition and Russia t- is quite good at winning those. So the Ukrainians wanted the whole place to freeze yeah, and then they could go like Shoot at the Russians? Yeah, because uh, basically when when about, you have... Uh, so, Ukraine ha- so Ukraine has three seasons. It goes mm-hmm. summer, when it's dry, then mud season number one, uh, which is when it's like rainy and snowy but not freezing hard, winter, which is a hard freeze, and mud season two, which is when all the... Um, all the snow and ice and stuff from winter melts. That sounds like um, four seasons. Well, well two, two of them, them are, are the must season. season. Um, yeah. Okay, fine. Three and a half. Uh, <laughs> anyway, during summer and winter, you can do a war of maneuver. Because you can walk around, drive vehicles, etc. Because everything's hard either because it's dry or because it's frozen. Oh, so now we just During get mud, mud season, season, you can't march... So much as slog through knee deep mud, and you can't drive vehicles because they get stuck in the mud. So mm. basically, all you can do is the World War One thing of digging a hole and then shooting at anyone who moves too close to the hole. And that's what Russians are good at. So if they don't get a real winner, then they just have to wait till summer. Pretty much, yeah. Bummer. On the other hand, they do have a lot of captured materiel from uh, retaking uh, the Donbass. 
Donbass, I think. Um, the, the, the big offensive we covered previously. They have a bunch of recovered material from there that's not in great shape because it was taken, because it was being maintained by the Russians and then it took enough damage or whatever that it was abandoned. So, on the other hand, things being move, things moving fairly slowly is good for the Ukrainians because it gives them more time to get that material really up to battle-ready standard, and then once it is, they can throw it into the fight and hopefully have an actual material advantage against the Russians um, just in time for the half a million new Russian conscripts to show up. So, hey, yeah. We. They would also um, like things to get drawn out because it's going to take a while for all these tanks to arrive and uh, they want to, you know, fight with the nice new tanks. That yeah, too. And I, I see a note here that Russia is not waiting. <laughs> yes, Russia realizes that uh, all these things that Dave said is true and also that big new tanks are coming. So they are pushing into the uh, Donsk, regi- Donsk region. Donetsk. 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 Thank you. Uh, Donetsk. And um, taking some new territory right there in there, it sounds like. Well, hopefully they get stuck in the mud. Yeah. Uh, for uh, what it's worth, you, the, the reason the A1 Abrams and Leopards came up at all is because uh, Germany creates the Leopards, and they were very reluctant to give permission for other countries to give the Leopards to Ukraine. Like, there were other countries that wanted to give their Leopards to Ukraine, but due to agreements, uh, this was something that was probably not allowed to happen. And uh, then Yeah, that's the one US... of those things that was like, well, if we give them those, that might be war then. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and Germany was... Like, I, 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 we're cowards, we don't want to do that. And so the U.S. says, all right, we'll give some Abrams. And then Germany was like, well, if they're giving Abrams anyway, then it's no big deal, and we might as well throw in with yeah. our leopards. I, I'm given to understand that the actual change was because uh, the previous defense minister of Germany was a moron uh, <laughs> who had no qualifications to be defense minister. She was a career bureaucrat, and uh, she was ejected and replaced by someone who was suitable for the job, and then Germany worked out basically a face-saving plan with the Americans, where their new defense minister, who was okay signing off on sending leopards to Ukraine, um, basically said, hey, can you throw a handful of Abrams into the mix as well, so that we can say, like, oh, we're not uh, just changing our minds, we have good reason to change our minds. It's those Americans who are capricious. Interesting. Okay. Mm. I'm always interesting to hear about the, the backroom shadow stuff. All or right. I guess not well. backroom if we know about it, but yeah. yeah. I mean I mean don't get me wrong, that was more than a little speculative. We don't exactly know that that's what's happened, but we know that German defense minister changed and then suddenly the Americans changed their minds about sending Abrams and then Germany was like, Oh well if they're sending Abrams we can send leopards. Alright. All right. Well, moving on from Ukrainians and Russians getting killed to Americans getting killed. Oh, no. Uh, Homicide numbers came out recently, and uh, they're still very high. Uh, There was a big increase during the pandemic in homicides. Um, Per per 100,000 people, that was 5.8 in 2009. um, And by 2021, Mm -hmm. was 7.8. Um, they've got some early numbers for 2022. It looks like there was like a 5% reduction, um, but that's still much higher than the 2019 numbers. Uh, interestingly, the numbers are pretty uniform across the country. 
um, in in cities outside of cities in red states and blue states. Uh, it's just like across the country, homicides increased, which is just really weird. Yeah, that doesn't crazy. happen a lot, right? Like, so it's it's a lot of people are trying to blame a lot of different things, but it doesn't make sense. Like, none of the explanations really make sense. Have they been putting lead back in the drinking water? <laughs> Ew, I hope not. What? Wait, uh, haven't you guys heard the lead hypothesis for the crime drop is cringe now? I have heard that, yes. Okay, cool. Um, I'm, I'm still on board. <laughs> but, you know, I'm cringe a lot. Yeah. Also, since, I, since Inyash brought it up, just to put this all in perspective, uh, the homicide rate in 2021 at the peak of the surge during COVID uh, was 7.8. And back in the 90s, before crime fell off a cliff, it was like 9.5, I think. Yeah, so, this is a, so a local this is, maximum. Like, this is not a trivial jump we're talking about here. It's pretty big, but also things have been significantly worse in living memory. Look, we don't want to go back to a place where we, people have to make the original RoboCop movie again just to feel better about how the future might go. <laughs> yeah, I don't disagree. Um, but I want to read this this quote from the article because I thought this this statistic was striking. It says, between the 2018-2019 and 2020-2021 periods, the black homicide rate went up by about 40% and the white one by 15%. Already a glaring disparity. But since the black homicide rate started out so much higher than the white one, this translated to an increase of just 0.4 per 100,000 for whites and 9.7 per 100,000 for blacks. Jesus. Nearly 25 times as large. I'm sorry, is that the posterior homicide rate or is that the amount it increased? That was the increase. Jesus. Yeah. Says the increase in the black homicide rate was greater than the total homicide rate for the nation as a whole. That's a lot. Yeah, which is insane. And I'm like, okay, Black Lives Matter. I found you a new cause area. I don't think they're going to like that one. Yeah. I don't think so either, but they should if they give a shit about black lives. Because this is like that is just a stunning number. Yeah. Um, Like, I feel like if. Like, if this was happening to, like, what was happening to, to black people here was happening to the rest of the country, like, that would be the only issue anyone ever talked about. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we don't need to speculate, because that increase is around, okay, so, went up by 40%, and it went up by 9.7 per 100,000. So that means, before the increase, their homicide rate was, like... Um, around 15 or so? 15 per 100,000? No, 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 no. Around 20 per 100,000. Uh, so they're already yeah, like... Yeah, they've got a graph here. Yeah, so like they're like... So they're already twice as bad as RoboCop. <laughs> just for the black yeah. community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it goes up by another another half again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we are at a... We went from a two RoboCop to three RoboCop situation. <laughs> yes, this is this is bad. Yeah, really bad. It's all part of the plan, as Heath Ledger's Joker would say. Oh, good lord! Mm. But I'm like, is this? I mean, is it racism? Is that why no one's talking about this? Or is it like just that these tend to be poor people, and nobody cares about poor people? It would be racism to talk about it, and people don't want to be accused of racism because that can really fuck your life up. What? People love talking about how black people have it worse. That's like their favorite subject on the left. Uh, you would be implying that 
since most <laughs> since most murders are done uh, within communities, uh, you would be implying that black people are more murderous than white people for whatever reason, and even implying that would make you racist. I yeah, think it's just that talking uh, about this would mean that maybe defunding the police is bad. That's also bad. And yeah. since they're yeah. not doing my based in red pill version of defunding the police where you replace them with bounty hunters, um, yeah, that's not... This is also very predictable. All right. Well, speaking of defunding the police... For what it's worth, before we talk about defunding the police, uh, there are some people who do uh, talk about this sort of murder rate, and not surprisingly, they are uh, black intellectuals like Glenn, Rau- uh, Glenn, Glenn Lowry and John McWhorter, because they're the few that are allowed to talk about it and that are also m- more rightish leaning, so they would talk about it. Yeah, and I actually heard about this from Andrew Sullivan's column this week. Oh, hey, okay. Who's another person that's that's often talking about like, hey, what? How could we like actually help black people and like try to make a- actual outcomes more equal? Yeah. Um, and constantly pointing out that actually, if you ask black people, they want more police. I mean, living in a crime-ridden neighborhood when you're afraid for your life half the day is very bad for outcomes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of defunding the police. We've got uh, another uh, police killing of an unarmed black man. Yay. Yeah. Um, uh, I didn't want to cover this. I also did not want to cover it. I feel like this is, you know, these are like school shootings. It's just like a a certain amount are expected. And I think talking about them makes it worse. Uh, But Eniash insisted. So Eniash, why don't you tell us what happened? I mean, I mostly agree with you, but also this is looking like it might be as big as the... Okay, not necessarily as big as the Floyd thing, because the conditions are not uh, right for it to be as bad as George Floyd. Uh, Despite the fact that it looks to be as egregious or even worse than uh, George Floyd's murder. I think uh, this is worse. I I think so too, yeah. Um, But, you know, we're no longer in COVID. There isn't all this pent up being stuck at home and not having anything else to do. Uh... There's already been a lot of rage expelled uh, through previous actions. And also, none of these police officers were white. So all those things together make me think this isn't going to get as much reaction as the George Floyd thing. Well, but- also, um, the the video, I think one of the biggest reasons why this didn't blow up as big is that the video was just released this week. Mm. And the, the before the video was released, all five officers involved were fired and charged with murder. Yes, that's a damned good point. Yeah, so there's and? nothing... The, the, you know, the, the protests, all the protests were about demanding accountability. Yeah. And, you know, the the actual people in charge here seem to be doing, you know, the, the right thing here. Yeah. Which, like, you could still riot, you know, and just say, like, ah, this sucks. But there's nothing to ask, really, the police department to do. Except maybe end qualified immunity. That would um, be amazing, but, and we should yeah, do that. That's, uh, that's, that's the Supreme Court's purview. All right, so. interesting speculative question here for both of you guys. Uh, the George Floyd murderers were uh, either fired, uh, and all of them were suspended. Some of them were fired. Some of them are in jail right now for murder. Uh, it, it, it took a little bit of time, but uh, it did happen. The fact that this was not, this didn't make the news until after the um, agencies had a time to react and to do things uh, according to, you know, according to the book, following correct procedure. Uh, does this mean that maybe the government should suppress information like this for like 30 days or whatever until there's enough time for 
for institutions to actually do something. Well, they didn't suppress the information. All they did was they didn't release the video. Right. Like, which this, is- everyone had heard about this. It had been reported. Um, and they had come out and said, we're going to release the video. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think it might be a good idea, smart move for police departments to delay releasing yeah. the, like body cam so, footage. So, But they already I, do. I want the- Most of the time, these things are caught on cell phones. Yeah, I want to make this very, very clear. There is a difference between the police not releasing their own information and the government suppressing information, which is what you said, Inyash. I assume that was just, I have a cold brain speaking. <laughs> uh, no, but that yeah, was actually... I would take, I would take protests ten times worse than George Floyd every single year over giving the police power to suppress speech for even if, like, it was very strict until 30 days after the fact sort of thing. All right. Well, I mean, then then I have your answer on this. My, my question was literally, should they suppress even private cell phone no. footage for 30 days? <laughs> no. No, they should not. No. Okay. Um, you, I, I think your actual question was, do they have an interest in doing that? Which, of course, they do. I mean, obviously. Uh, we should just not let them do that okay. because, you know, free country. Yeah. I was just reading, eh, not just, a few days ago, reading about a different controversy where uh, someone started getting ripped apart uh, within hours of something coming up when in their time zone, it was still like 7 a.m., they had no chance to respond. And honestly, it, it did seem like bullshit. Like, Jesus Christ, give give the people a few hours to, to see what's happening and make a response. Yeah, that's Twitter for you. Yeah, I, I think maybe there's, there's a good argument to be made for... Uh, Maybe having some sort of mandatory interdict period on information. No. No? No. no. All right. Well, ha- cause In- Inyash, Inyash, you're going... Inyash, I need you to listen to this episode when you're healthy, so that oh, next no. episode <laughs> you can publicly recant what this cold is doing to your brain. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I, look, I think the important thing to remember is just, like, saying the government can do something doesn't actually allow them to do it. They have to actually do it. And you got to think about how are the, how is that going to happen? And then you have to think, what would my worst enemy do with the power that he would need to have in order to do this suppression? Because the actual outcome will be at least that bad. That's right. a damn good point. Because yeah, actually doing the suppression would be um, nigh impossible without dystopia levels of power. Yeah, like people are already upset that the government, like reached out to Twitter and was like, here's the things we'd like you to censor. Um, Actually giving them the legal authority to force Twitter to censor stuff uh, would get abused immediately in a a thousand different ways. Stupid abuse. All right. (laughs) Stupid government always abusing their authority. I know. Making things classified. (laughs) Uh, (sighs) But let's all remember giving the government power to do stuff means they're going to do the stupidest thing possible with that power. So let's only give them powers that it's really hard to do that with. Well, them doing the stupidest thing is the best case scenario. The wor- <laughs> the more likely True. case scenario is they do the evilest thing. Mm. Okay, fine. That's the worst case scenario. The <laughs> actual most likely scenario is they are somewhere on the Pareto frontier... Uh, connecting <laughs> the stupid. stupidest and the evilest thing with the awesome. exact location indeterminate. All right. Well, speaking of stupid shit, Eniage, what's all this hubbub about gas stoves? 
That is not me. Yeah, that's me. Oh. <laughs> that's Do you David. have a cold right, too? Uh, yeah. So uh, winner, man. yeah. So gas stoves were the main character character of the internet for a while last week uh, because the Biden administration, some idiot in the Biden administration, was talking about how quote they have no plans to ban gas stoves right now, meaning they are absolutely planning to ban gas stoves in the very near future. <laughs> The uh, justification they gave was that something, something, they might cause a little bit extra of extra asthma. The actual reason was probably something more like something, something environmentalism. Uh, regardless, this is dumb and we shouldn't do it. Um, th- th- I mean, <laughs> it was also following this thing where they were like, oh, we investigated and it turns out gas stoves are absolutely horrible for air quality and and cause asthma in children which is not true by the way the study that found that out was total bunk right Uh, it was a terrible study and just really like underestimated how much better gas stoves are than electric ones zvi has a good article about it that's like look even if this study was real i'm still using the gas stove because electric stoves are awful so I've uh, never used a gas stove, or I mean, I have used a gas stove. I guess I've never really cooked. What what makes them so much better? They heat up immediately because they're on fire. I sure, but the electric stove only takes like a minute. That's not very no, long. That's not true. Yeah, so the electric it, it's stove not, takes forever. It's not just that it heats up immediately. It's that you can adjust the heat immediately. Hmm. All right. Yeah, so like if you so th- this isn't that important for people who are just like using their stoves to cook noodles or whatever. But yeah. if you're doing any sort of more complicated recipe, being able to like turn the heat up way hot to like fry something and then cool it off uh quite a bit but still keep heat on it so like it stays hot but it's not incinerating whatever's in the oil. Uh actually really helpful okay i will take your word for it sounds like you have done cooking yes yeah i i've cooked on electric stoves before and they're terrible they also take forever to cool off that too. yes they do oh so they're the worst do gas stoves not no oh because you just turn off the fire isn't the metal that's uh, been around them hot yeah but it it cools off pretty quick Hmm, way faster than than electric range well i could believe that because it'd be hard not to be faster right all right next story donald trump Probably going to get charged with a crime finally. Woohoo! I'll believe it when it happens. Yeah, mm. me too. But there's a so so. What happened here is um, this is in Georgia. If you'll remember, this is where he called up the Secretary of State Brad, Brett Raffensperger and was like, "Hey, why don't you just find like thirteen thousand more votes? Come on, Jesus! Yeah, I remember that. Um, and that's very illegal to do. <laughs> Uh, that is uh, solicitation of um, like like soliciting someone to submit like a false election report is a felony in Georgia. Uh, there's a lo- there's a law that's directly about that. Um, so he's pretty fucked if they actually charge him. And it sounds like they're going to because um, what they did was they they convened a special grand jury, which is a thing in Georgia, which investigates but doesn't issue indictments. Um, and the law requires those to be disclosed, those special grand jury reports. And right now they're trying to stall getting that released so they can take it to the grand jury first and get a charging decision. 
Hmm. Um, for some reason, they think this will taint the jury pool less if they issue the indictment before it's released. I don't really, I don't really get that. Um, but what they're they're saying in their legal filings is that a decision on uh, indictment is imminent, uh, which people who follow these sorts of things expect to mean in the next two to three weeks. So hopefully by our next episode, we'll have an indictment. Awesome. It'll be sweet. Um, Because, yeah, this one, they have him dead to rights here. Yeah. Like, there's no way out of this. I mean, he is immune from loss. So if there's no no way out of it, then will you give me 20 bucks if he's not indicted? Oh, no. I mean, if he's indicted. Oh, okay. and, 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 like, it actually goes to trial... There's no way out. Okay, I mean, he's so definitely he's guilty. In, they so, have the goods on So him. if he's indicted, will you give me 20 bucks if he uh, is not found guilty or found not guilty or whatever it yeah, is? Yeah, if you he's found say? not guilty in trial, um, I'll bet you, I'll, I'll bet you uh, 10 to 1 odds. $20 to my $2. Or my $20 <laughs> to your $2. Okay. That if it goes to trial and reaches a jury verdict, it's guilty. Uh, yeah, no, pass. <laughs> Wait, what? You're not willing to risk $2, David? I mean, sure I am, just not at those it's odds. It's not a good bet. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. It's not a good bet for him. Yeah. That's why I offered it. Yeah, if it was my two against Wes's 200, then maybe we'd be getting somewhere. Yeah. Now, I think most likely, um, you know, there's still a, a substantial chance he won't get indicted. Yeah. And there's an even better chance that after he's indicted, they'll do some kind of plea agreement. Yeah. That keeps him out of jail. Um, there's also so I don't, there's also a possibility that it ends up in a like um, what was the guy's name the uh, if the glove fit if the glove don't fit you might OJ. yeah OJ uh, yeah it might end up in that sort of situation where like the only people in the jury pool willing to say that they're not tainted are liars uh, or, or the just, prosecution's or weirdos. Just terrible um, yeah so like uh, again I will keep asking people to give me money uh, when they say things like there's no chance or there's no way but I, I just turned down a bet at 10 to 1 odds which should tell you all you need to know <laughs> all right, that means you think that uh, Wes is not that wrong no that's correct now, I mean I think he was wrong earlier when he said there's no way um, but like that's just me nitpicking if you're not willing to bet at 10 to 1 odds I don't think you can say that you really think someone is that wrong well, he, he said I was wrong to be uh, completely certain, which is true. Okay, I mean, I that's just using, fair, but uh, no one's you know, ever going to just give you money if they're wrong he, about something. He admitted it's nitpicky. All right. I mean, yeah. I, I... Yeah, so the, so the thing is, if you think something is true with 100% probability, you should be willing to do that. I wouldn't ever be willing to just say, if I'm wrong about something, you give me money. I want something back in 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 return. Like, if I say, the sun is going to run in the e- rise in the east tomorrow, and you say, give me 20 bucks if it doesn't, I will say, I will give you 20 bucks if you give me a penny if it does. Okay, well... Or doesn't. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> You're probably going to get 20 bucks. I'm probably not going to get a 20. But if you aren't uh, a penny, but if you aren't even willing to, you know, do that, I'm like, no, I'm not just going to, at any point give you yeah. money i only bet on things with, that are uh lopsided in my favorite also no well i mean okay um all right anyway moving on from this dumb conversation yeah i'm that sorry. probably gonna cut uh, thank you <laughs> i thought that it conversation it. was more interesting than anything else we've talked about today <laughs> okay. uh, sorry 
that that wasn't true though it did get pretty close it's like top three anyway um anyway uh trump indictments that were not issued include the new york prosecutors in the stormy daniels case um and it recently came out i think this is just anonymous sources so take this with a grain of salt um but uh, a lot of outlets have been reporting that people in the New York prosecutor's office like came out and were talking about why they decided not to charge Donald Trump. And it turns out, yeah, he, he, they think he broke the law. They think they have good evidence of it. Um, and they just uh, were worried about the political ramifications. Uh, so once again, Trump being above the law. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they did the, the stupid shitty doj thing while he was president of being like well we can't indict a sitting president and then when he left office they were like well we can't indict a former president yeah yep. like well we could probably uh, we could probably convict him but um you know that would people would get upset oh no um so what they did instead was they convicted michael cohen um of the the exact like of the thing that trump did like michael cohen did that on trump's behalf at Trump's direction. Um, so they knew they could get a conviction. And they were just like, nah, we'll just let Cohen go down for this. No need to no need to charge Trump. We don't want to ruffle anyone's feathers. <laughs> uh, so, uh, fuck you, New York prosecutors. You chicken shit assholes. Yeah, I imagine they're too busy hassling law-abiding gun owners. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Um, more legal stuff. Eniash, what's going on with uh, Stable Diffusion? Stable Diffusion is being sued. No. By, yeah, there's uh, by the same people who are trying to sue GitHub and Copilot uh, for, I don't know, looking at art that's online and training their AI with it. It's uh, If you read the article that is linked, it basically is going to say everything that I think about the situation which is that like these are not just random stealing of stuff that's on the internet and then selling it to other people it's a interesting new generative process that uh takes measure intelligence at some measure you know even if it's not human level intelligence and uh and this is a bullshit lawsuit but uh they're trying yeah so basically the way image generation software works is you take a bunch of examples of uh of a dog images of image caption pairs you put them into a black box made out of silicon shake yeah silicon shake it up and then eventually a picture falls out the way art commissioning works is you take a bunch of image caption pairs put them into a black box made out of meat and then shake it up and eventually an image falls out. <laughs> and somehow one of these is supposedly violation of the copyrights of the text image pairs that went into the silicon black box. But it's not when the black box is made out of meat. If this sounds stupid, it's because, yes, this lawsuit is stupid and bullshit. And uh, there's going to be a link in uh, the show notes related to my troop deployment. Uh, which goes into some of the more detailed ramifications of this and why it's stupid and it's bullshit and I hate it. Um, uh, basically, it, it it's a link to John Stokes' substack, which I'm going to talk about in my troop deployment. Um, he basically is of the opinion that Disney and other big content 
uh, corporations are behind this lawsuit, and they're basically using these small artists who are actually doing the suing as patsies to try to kill stability, because if they don't, then uh, there will be an open source option for AI content generation, and big content corporations can't abide that thought, because then they wouldn't have control of everything everyone ever consumes. Excellent. I'm looking forward to reading that one, but I agree 100%. I haven't read much about this. It doesn't immediately strike me as bullshit. Um, well, you need to read a little bit more then about how, how these models work. Yeah. Specifically, you need to read the John Stokes article. But let's say, okay, but let's say I'm an artist. Yeah. Yes. Right? And I have, like, my body of work. It's all on the internet. It, it went into the training data. Yeah. And people can just say, okay, draw me a picture in the style of Wesley Fenza. And it takes, like, pieces of my artwork and kind of combines them. Okay, so what if I commissioned someone else to draw a piece of art in the style of Wesley Fenza? I guess that's legal. Okay. It's, you don't have to guess. <laughs> All right. So so is there anything so is there anything in the current law that draws a distinction between black boxes made out of silicon and black boxes made out of meat? Well, so if somebody do, if you do that, if somebody draws something that's too similar to something I've made, then that's a copyright violation. And you you see this all the time in music, um, where there's like. A, a, a song can be inspired by another song, but it can't be too similar. Like, it can't have the same tune, uh, but it can't have the same chord progression. Cause, uh, um, and there's like, it's like, it, uh, oftentimes it comes down to a judgment call about like, well, how similar is this? Um, and I feel like I've seen, you know, I've seen people complaining about this and they, they show stuff where it's like, look, it has like the watermark in it. Like it clearly just took this piece of, somebody's artwork no no there's no taking of pieces of artwork what's going on there is the model says wow all pieces of artwork captioned in this uh captioned by wesley fenza have this little picture in it so i i need to make sure that's included but like there it's not going into any of the pieces of art and cutting out the little corner of them with the watermark and inserting that Okay, but if some if a person did that and included my little watermark in the corner, that would be a copyright. Well, yeah, violation. that's because there's ways that the meat black box is non-stupid in ways that silicon black boxes are still stupid. But well, like, the- there's your difference. Um, no, I'm I'm with you on the policy question. I think this should be legal, uh, and I really don't think there's any way to make it illegal. Um, these things are already out there. Um, I just mean, but like. Our, our copyright law is very stupid. So there are absolutely ways to make it illegal. Um, training there are, training yeah. the models is very uh, computational resource intensive, and that basically requires some sort of capital investment. And anything that requires capital investment, you can make illegal. All right, fair. So uh, I have a somewhat of a horse in this race because I do use... Um, these models now to illustrate my stories or at least it is a thing that i have started now i've only done it with one so far uh they're amazing and um i i'm just putting that out there as a caveat because even though i strongly believe this uh despite my vested interests i thought people should probably know that it does exist yeah i do i do not have a horse in this race i worked for stability ai previously i no longer work for them and from that 
purely objective perspective, I can say that the basically every single factual technical claim in this lawsuit about what's going on in these models is completely wrong. Yes. All right. Well, that's true. Then, yeah, I'm totally on board. Yeah. Uh, Again, I refer you to the John Stokes article, which you should read. Long-time listeners know that I, uh, you know, think our entire IP law uh, uh, regulatory apparatus is due for a major overhaul. Absolutely. It is total bullshit. Because it doesn't actually encourage innovation. It's mostly just there to protect, you know, the IP of protect the Walt giant Disney corporations like Disney. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Basically, yeah, it's like 50% for Disney. Uh, for what it's worth, this thing also, I'm not sure if you uh, read the article at all, Wes, but uh, their definition of who is in their class of people that are uh, part of the plaintiffs, I guess, the class action part, the class part of the class action, is very wide and legally questionable, at least according to one analysis. I don't know if that matters at all, but anything that helps this case get to go down in flames, I'm uh, strong behind. Uh, yeah, getting certified as a class is pretty tough. Um, and a lot of it comes down to how do you define who's in the class? Okay. Uh, so I, uh, that I, that doesn't strike me as extraordinary at all. That there are issues with the the defining of the class. Okay. That's very that's very normal. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of AIs, um, I see here uh, something from David about real estate agents using AIs. Yeah. So uh, real estate agents. Uh, according to this one article, which I saw linked in um, Marginal Revolution. Uh, so I, when it says real estate agents, I have no idea how many, how widespread they are, etc. But at least two real estate agents, which I think is the number quoted in the piece, are using ChatGPT to generate listings for homes. Uh, they enter Seems like uh, a good use some for it. descriptions yeah. of the home and tell it to uh, spit out a listing. And then they're just using those as listings. I approve of this in principle. I don't approve of them using ChatGPT for it because ChatGPT is the, um, it's the big content affiliated, non-open source large language model. Um, so like they, so in addition to, you know, me not being a huge fan of OpenAI, they also um, don't actually legally own the stuff they're using for commercial gain, because that's in OpenAI's terms of service. Uh, so yeah, could be better, could be worse. Uh, cool that they're using um, uh, AI stuff for like big boy commercial applications. Uh, I just wish they were using a, a AI that wasn't from a completely shit corporation. Well, what, what AI do you recommend? <laughs> Thank you for asking. I uh, have not actually used this one much, uh, but I have heard good things about Open Elm, uh, capital O, capital E-L-M, uh, which is put out by Carper AI and is free and open source. All right, sweet. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right. Um, all right. And David, here's another story we have from you. Yeah. Um, this is this is great. California is going to keep the uh, Diablo nuclear power plant open. Right? Unfortunately, that's not news because right? it happened a few weeks ago, and also the NRC said nah. Oh. What? 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 Yeah. So apparently, California needs to get the NRC's approval to extend the lifespan of Diablo Canyon, and the NRC is not 
approving it. Um, That's it, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, for those who aren't up on all your acronyms. Yes. Why the fuck? Uh, so, A, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission loves saying no to things, and B, um, it would, quote, uh, not be consistent with the principles of good regulation. Um <laughs> That uh, the issue seems to be that the, forever. the actual application is old, and they want them to update it. Which, uh, I don't know how much it changes. It's been running, but that's what they want. Yeah, so basically California submitted their application in the wrong font, and now they're going to have to keep on dealing with rolling blackouts until the NRC decides to let them, you know, have power. It's the kind of thing that really makes you want to become a monarchist, you know? And I know that wouldn't actually make anything better, but you're just like, man. I mean, it would make some things I mean, better. I it, it, it doesn't make me want to become a monarchist, but I wouldn't mind becoming a monarch if I could pull it off. Me specifically. If you become a monarch, you have become a monarchist. Well, sure, but the reason I'm not a monarchist is because there's no guarantee that the monarch would be good. If the monarch's <laughs> me, then I have that guarantee. That is a darned good point. I vote for David for king. Uh, I'd vote for West first. <laughs> well, fortunately <laughs> for both too. of you, your votes are irrelevant. Damn it. Damn this monarchy. <laughs> the only vote that matters is the vote of the gun. All right. Well, speaking of David's actual preferred government, which is none, uh, Eniash has a, a story here that he's calling anarcho-capitalism news. Yeah, this reminded me of David, and so I totally wanted his to take on it. Uh, apparently, some auto insurers, like three of the big ones, are refusing to cover certain Hyundai and Kia models. Uh, these are car models that were made between 2015 and 2019. Not all of them, but some of the big ones, because they're too damned easy to steal. To, to the point that um, stealing them apparently became a social media fad on, I guess... Crime Twitter or crime TikTok? Is that a thing? I don't know. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> crime social media. But this totally reminded me of the thing where, like, David was like, yeah, if somebody makes their product really shitty, then insurances won't cover it, and then people won't buy it. And, uh, that seems to be things working as intended. Although, also, I guess now there's some people stuck with that insurance, so that sucks for them. And I don't think Hyundai, Hyundai and Kia are actually going to go out of business. So, David, tell us things. You're right. <laughs> is this good or bad? Is this a, a strike for or against narco-capitalism? Uh, for. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're, because when I said you're right, you, I meant, like, yes, this is, this is what, this is the way that regulation would work in anarcho-capitalism, and it's clearly working. I mean, sucks for the okay. people who have the shit cars, but, you know, there's gonna be winners and losers in every system. Okay. Yeah, my, my understanding is that this is how a lot of regulation would work in in an anarcho-capitalist society yeah. is you would have you need you know you would need insurance on your car and the insurance company would say like okay well um we'll only insure your car if it doesn't explode a lot right uh, and it's or not if it's, too damn easy to steal yeah right if it's not getting stolen all over the place no uh, and it's not a government telling you you have to install these safety features it's an insurer saying like we're not going to insure it without all these safety features yeah, uh, and they and they have a strong motivation to only require the ones that actually work, right? And also, people who want to take the risk uh, can still do that. They can just buy a car without those features, and if it gets stolen, they're they're out the money. Yep. All right. Well, that brings us to happy news. Yay. Good Yay. news. 
news, everyone. And oh my god, we have a happy news from David in what? from China. What? <laughs> something good's happening in China? It, it's less something good and more two bad things canceling each other out. <laughs> so I have previously talked about how terrible solar power is for the environment, among other things. And in retaliation for the uh, the sanctions put on China in the Inflation Reduction Act, China is considering banning the export of solar panels and solar panel components. <laughs> All right, but- I object to this being in happy news. <laughs> yeah, this wait. is just you grinding your axe against solar power. This is just going to make solar more expensive for everyone else. Exactly, and then there will be less of That's it, which is good. News. All right, I knew this. I knew this was too good to be true. All right, no. moving on. Ineash, no. what's the real happy news uh, this week? The, the real happy news is that a company named Climeworks has pulled CO two from the air and stored it underground. And this isn't the first. Hey, thing of, <laughs> this is not the first time this has happened. I believe we've covered before uh, this technology coming to fruition. But this is the first time that it was independently verified by a risk management company, uh, DNV in this case, and the resulting carbon credits were sold to Microsoft, Shopify, and Stripe. All right. So this means that instead of like the bullshit carbon offsets they buy now. Where they're like, oh, you were going to pollute, but then we gave you this money and you didn't. Um, and, uh, you know, are just like full of rampant fraud. Mm-hmm. Um, they can actually pay to remove carbon. Yes, like literal, directly. actual carbon offs- offsets, yeah. <laughs> not not just theoretical carbon. Yeah. That can, seems better. Right? Can they actually, you know, do it reasonably efficiently? They did not say how much they uh, how much they pulled out and how much they sold it for. So I have no idea. Okay, well but- I can pull CO two out of the air and bury it <laughs> underground. I just can't do it a lot. So yeah. Well, uh, you also I'm sure if Microsoft is doing business with you, they're going to want more than you know a a teaspoon's worth of carbon. Yeah, I mean the the happy part here is that they did it. And we're able to do it at a price that three different big companies thought was worth it. Well, sure, but if that price is based on, say, their carbon capture plant being powered by some really cheap and dirty fuel like coal or some really subsidized and dirty coal like solar, then, you know, not a great trade. <laughs> of course, I uh, that of the... course if, if I'd be happy throwing these plants out like candy at a parade if... We could power them with nuclear, but, you know, we can't because of the aforementioned NRC. I'm sorry, I'm being a Debbie Downer in happy news. I shouldn't be that. I shouldn't do that. This is cool, though. Yeah. And I'm assuming that that risk management company would not have have certified it if it was actually net um, polluting. Uh, They absolutely would have. You think? (laughs) Uh, Because they tend, like, these sorts of, those sorts of certifications, assuming these guys are you know, doing the fairly typical thing. Uh, They just look at what's going on on the actual grounds of the facility. Uh, So things like, you know, getting power from a coal plant or getting solar panel components from China don't tend to uh, actually be um, figured into the analysis. Uh, I would need to see the actual report itself to know whether and to what extent they did that sort of thing. Well, I don't think it's publicly available. I sort of look at this as like a technological breakthrough, not necessarily a like super like thing that's already here. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is a good a good step that we've we've gotten to. Yeah. Um cuz eventually, I mean to do any kind of carbon capture is going to have to be on a huge scale. 
So this is just like good news that it uh, it works, um, and companies are willing to buy these credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So what's the next happy news? The next happy news is that there is a pain insensitivity gene which was found actually back in 2019. So uh, I, were we doing the podcast in 2019? No, because no, it was a COVID, a COVID podcast. Cast. Ha-ha. Okay, but I just found out about it because they have continued to do research on it with CRISPR. Uh, there is a gene called WA-OUT, I guess. Uh, stands for a bunch of things, but also sounds like way out, dude, uh, which is what every single headline that I found <laughs> uh, riffed on. Oh, God. <laughs> yes, uh, this headline definitely says, wow, that's far out. Yeah. Or maybe it was far out rather than wa out, but yeah. yeah Anyways. Far out. Yeah. Fa- okay. It makes people uh, very insensitive. Pain was found uh, by when a woman went into surgery, and the next day she was turning down painkillers, and she was like, nah, I'm okay, I don't need them. And they're like, you just had major surgery, you totally need them. And she's like, nah, I don't think I do. And uh, they started researching her, and that is how they found this gene that makes people much less sensitive to pain, uh, it makes them less anxious, uh, it has another good side effect, which I don't remember now, and also it makes your memory a little bit worse, so... That is uh that that's I'll my that's my excuse. Yeah, I, I'm saying I, I now I'm intolerant to pain. That's why I can't remember things anymore. I would love to have been a fly on the wall in the conversation where this woman turned from weirdo patient into a uh, research subject. Yeah, it could have been interesting. All right, um, all right. What's our next story? Endangered species. Yes, uh, we saved the whales, guys. And also yeah. the gray wolves and bald eagles, uh, the Endangered Species Act has done exactly what it said it was going to do. And, I mean, I guess this depends slightly on how you feel about the act itself, but uh, we saved the whales. We don't have to have those bumper stickers anymore. Fuck you, Star Trek Four. <laughs> right? Which famously were on the uh, shorts of Ted Theodore Logan in the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Ted's Outfit. Oh, man. I think my mom used to have like a ton of Save the Whale stuff back in the 90s. Excellent. Uh, I guess it all worked. Yeah, that we made Star Trek Four and it worked. Yeah, no, it's actually funny um, because David likes to talk a lot about how environmentalists are kind of indistinguishable from anti-humans, uh, and they didn't used to be. Yeah, uh, a lot of environmental laws, like the Endangered Species Act, like the Clean Water Act, like the Clear Skies Act, uh, like all the shit banning the CFCs so the ozone didn't get uh, completely destroyed. That sh- they it all worked. Like, mm-hmm. you can swim in most rivers in America. Our air quality has improved a lot. The ozone's repairing itself. And apparently now the Endangered Species Act is working. Um, so a lot of these these laws from, like, back in the 80s and 90s um, actually were effective, Just which is crazy. Just that the 90s was the best decade. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yes. Um, uh, except I think all these were passed, like, probably in the 80s and 70s. Yeah. Mm, those were not good decades. Yeah, back when the environmentalists were still conservationists. Mm. Yeah. To be clear, I am 100% on board with conservationism. I self-describe as a conservationist. It's just environmentalists that I hate. Do you sexually identify as a conservationist, David? Yes. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Eniash, tell us about pancreases. 
Ah, there are artificial pancreases. They are little electronics that hook up to you and monitor your insulin levels in real time. And they have a little insulin pump that you also carry around that is hooked into you permanently, I guess. I'm not sure how exactly this works with long-term infection because I always heard that the problem with ports like that is that uh, they're a really big infection danger, a site for bacteria to get in since you permanently have something going under your skin and into your veins. But well, how'd they do it in the Matrix? They they had a uh, Hollywood do it. Oh, yeah, no, that bummer. fixes a lot of problems. Also, weren't they completely encased or submerged in this goo? Could have been like oh, yeah. goo. So let's just submerge no, these people the, in goo. Not the main characters. Yeah, they were walking around. Oh, yeah. Hmm, good point. Maybe and they were walking maybe around the, some very filthy environments. Maybe the robots killed all the pathogens. Ooh. All right. Well, this is a great example of that famous uh, less wrong blog post. Always generalize for fictional <laughs> evidence. <laughs> The uh, the artificial pancreas works about twice as well as a uh, normal insulin injection, where people just monitor their own blood and inject themselves. Uh, so that's that's great, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah, it's pretty good. Awesome. Um, I and I'm assuming this is for diabetics. Yes, that's good. Diabetes sucks. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. Uh, and this sounds like it could uh, make it suck a little less. Mm-hmm. All right. That brings us to troop deployments. I'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal. As we all know, politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. So in that spirit, we ask each of our hosts to send out a soldier onto the battlefield each episode. And we will start with David. Yeah, so I just want to uh, recommend a couple more substacks I've found recently that I have really been enjoying. The first, as I mentioned uh, previously, is John Stokes's blog, which is not at a .substack domain, but is clearly powered by Substack. Uh, it is at johnstokes.com, uh, J-O-N-S-T-O-K-E-S. And uh, he writes about AI. Uh, he is some sort of AI-talking guy. Um, and his blog strikes a really good balance between technical deep dives and how will this impact society slash specific industries editorials. And I strongly recommend you start with the piece he wrote on the stability lawsuit, which Wes, please link that in the show notes. Um, that is a companion piece to a, uh, editorial he wrote for reason, uh, that is linked in the blog post, so just follow that daisy chain however deep you want to go, uh, but especially for the word cells in the audience, the reason piece might be a little bit more, um, uh, let's say on your level, I guess. Uh, the blog was a bit more technical, but it's a very technical blog, so if that turns you off, maybe don't read it. Uh, the second one is construction. Construction Physics, uh, which was another Marginal Revolution recommendation. Uh, it is constructionphysics.substack.com, and uh, it is a blog about why buildings are built the way they're built. Uh, I would recommend a piece that I would also like Wes to put into the show notes about why automatic bricklayers don't exist, uh, given hmm. that... Uh, the vision of the future was that, you know, robots would be doing the manual drudgery and humans would be freed up to create art and stuff like that. Uh, I figure it's worth uh, linking to a piece on why we have found ourselves in the opposite situation where the robots are taking our jobs making art, but you can still get hired laying brick. All right. Thank you, David. You're welcome. Eniash, what do you have for us? Uh, I have... 
that libraries are being ruined by librarians, which I'm really <laughs> no. sad to say. Are they being yeah. ruined by librarians or are they being ruined by the homeless? Well, I guess they are, are working in concert. <laughs> uh, I, nice I really job hate dodging this. that bait. I, I hate saying this because I love librarians and I've met more than a few of them. And librarians are really great, kind people. They always want to help others. They, they're always doing things for their community. They're like, if, if you had priests that were good, that, that's what librarians <laughs> would be. Uh, but this comes with a downside. They are very inviting to anyone who needs any sort of help. And people who often need help are uh, people without the, the chronically homeless, the, uh, the wretched homeless, as some people call them, the ones who have mental illnesses or who are strung out on drugs, which in my opinion is just another form of mental illness anyway, uh, coming inside to get out of the weather or to do drugs in a safer area. Uh, I myself have stopped going to libraries uh, years back because to combat this specific sort of problem, they kind of turn them into unwelcoming panopticons where you can't go anywhere and the whole place just feels like you're in a prison because the the librarians that are on staff need to look make sure there's no one doing drugs in the stacks or anything like that uh there's often people around who seem kind of dangerous and you don't feel comfortable around them and uh a library near my home got shut down recently because meth was not just meth but the chemicals that are dangerous that are used in the meth process were found contaminated. I'm in the place. sorry. Someone was making meth in a library near your house. I don't know the specific details, but that's what it sounds like. Holy shit! No, I mean, why right. else would they need to actually shut down the library? Meth lab in the library. Who knew? <laughs> so yeah, not not great. Um, and I. I I do think that we need homeless shelters. We need places for homeless people to go where they can get treatment, where they can get help. And we need libraries where people can go to get books and take their children. And uh, those two things should not be the same thing. And librarians, I hate to say this, but this is in large part your fault. Sometimes to make places good and welcoming for everyone else, you have to exclude some of the people that would make it really bad and let those people go to the places they can be taken care of. So let's let's have more less let's have less of that and more more actual good libraries that everyone else in the community that wants a library can use, please. So you know what makes a really good homeless shelter? <laughs> what makes a really good homeless shelter? Housing. Maybe we should consider building some. See, I always thought libraries felt like prisons um, because they always felt like school to me. Oh, wow. Sorry uh, to hear that. There you go. All right. My uh, my troop deployment this week is E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles! We're going to the Super Bowl, baby! (laughs) Oh, my God. Philadelphia Eagles won the NFC Championship game yesterday, and they are going to the Super Bowl, and they are going to kick the ass of the Kansas City Chiefs and their racist fucking chant that they do uh, which I cannot stand and they're all their fans do it at the stadium and it's disgusting so the only thing Wes put in his outline for this was Super Bowl baby exclamation mark exclamation mark and I really thought he was going to announce that Roxy had been promoted from a uh, uh, rock and roll baby to Super Bowl baby but apparently not oh, that, that would <laughs> be a demotion be a Super Bowl in my baby. opinion <laughs> Um, next the real Sunday. Super Bowl baby is the baby that you conceive at the Super Bowl, which is what I thought Wes was about to say that he's going to do. Um, none of those are correct. Damn. All right. 
Um, but that would be sweet. Mm-hmm. But uh, no more children for me. Okay. So somebody else has to do it. Eniash. And no more children for me either, actually. I had a surgery to make sure. Right. Fine, I'll do it. Thank you, David. All right. Anyway, so, go Eagles. By the time we record our next episode, the Eagles will be Super Bowl champions. So you have that to look forward to. And that's definitely going to be my troop deployment again. Hey, uh, uh, hey Wes. So look forward to that. If the Eagles lose, what? will you give me 20 bucks? <laughs> no. <laughs> Can't blame a guy for trying. All right. All right. That's our show. Um, in spite of all this nonsense. Uh, please follow us wherever you follow podcasts. Please review us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to our Substack. You get episodes early. You get access to bonus episodes. And you get access to our exclusive subscriber-only Discord channel. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks with a Super Bowl update. Same rat time, same rat channel. Bye. Bye. All right, we're back with a peanut farming update. We are back. So I got 16 people to reply to my Twitter poll in the past hour, hour and a half. Uh, 75% of them knew that he grew peanuts. 25% did not. So I am not the only person in the world who does not know about that. It sounds like 25% of the world is as clueless as I am about his peanut allergy. Now, see, I'm declaring victory on that one. That's basically everyone. 75% is not even close to basically everyone. Also, there were several people on the Discord who were like, I don't have Twitter, but yes, I knew that. Mm, all right, so 80% of people knew it. 20% still don't. Yeah, so you're We're a sizable minority. The, the most ignorant 20%. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Th- thanks for jumping back on with me, Wes. Right. Bye. Bye.